Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. everybody to episode 75 of the green light podcast breaking news six hours later after the fact roy williams has retired from the university of no class i mean north carolina uh man give him, give him some res- put some respect on his name i know i know listen he, well, a goat is stepping away from the game absolute legend um from for, from a duke fan man it's and, and you can speak to it too as a virginia fan like it, I was kind of sad, man. Like it's. An I was too. Era. It's an end of an era, and I and why I'm really sad though is that I know it's coming for Duke, and I don't know how I'm gonna. I, I mean, I'm gonna be a mess that day. I may turn my phone off. I, I don't know how. I, to do it. I think Roy Williams was an exemplary figure of North Carolina basketball. I think he represented yeah. North Carolina basketball as well as as I think anyone outside of you say Dean Smith. And um, it, it's weird. Uh, um, I'm sure, and we'll get into like who we think they might hire, but the, the type of ba- the type of basketball they ran, the way he conducted himself, the way that they, the type of players they recruited. Um, they never really, I mean, they got in some one and dones, but they didn't, he never fully like shifted his whole strategy kind of like a Duke or a Kentucky did. It was just like, this is North Carolina basketball. Um, you always still, you always felt the like history and the prestige, even with Roy Williams, because um, he'd been around the program for so long. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's really, I think it was just, it honestly, it, at first, it, I think a lot of people assumed it was the most elaborate uh, yeah. April Fool's joke of all time. I mean, how, you can't wait Tough one time. more day. You couldn't do this yesterday. You couldn't do it tomorrow. Tough timing. I mean, like, it's an immediate thought is okay. That's crazy. And every, there were three, at least in my, my world, there were three big news stories that hit like all in a row. And I was like, hold on, hold on. Mets game against the nationals opening day got canceled. Then Roy Williams retires. And then Chris Beard takes Texas. And I was like, we well, need to pump the brakes because these are all three major stories happening on the one day where people are trying to dupe everyone. So just chill out for a second. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I let's, I don't know. It's a weird for it's a weird way for him to go out. It sucks. Like they they he had never lost in the first round until this year. I know it's um, a weird way to go out. I agree. Really a tough way to go out. I it, it probably would have been tougher to go out last year, obviously, the way like we're not having a tournament and getting yeah. like 30 piece, I think, by Syracuse in the uh the ACC tournament. But I think I get I also get it because this week, and we'll talk about this, college basketball, it seems like is turning into free agency. And the transfer portal has changed things. There have been talk and there's rumors that he didn't want to put up with a lot of the outside factors of like, he, he he's old ball coach. He wants to coach basketball. He doesn't want to deal with like, is this kid leaving tomorrow? Is do I have to replace him? Is this kid going to go to the G league? If he, even if he commits to me, is this kid going to bounce after year? There's so many factors. Think about when Roy Williams stepped in the coaching game. And right now, all the different things, not even basketball aside, 
like way that not even the way the game's changed, but everything surrounding it, how much different it is. No, I know. I know. I mean, listen, the portal, I have so many thoughts on it, man. Like, yes, it's out of control. Um, you know, I see these, like these, these coaching changes tweets and people being like, coaches leave every day, like let the kids leave. And it's like, yeah, but also no, like, yes, they, everyone should be able to leave. It's a free market. I get it. But th- it's, it's crazy this year because of COVID everybody gets like essentially a free pass. And then I don't think it's happened yet, but I'm pretty sure the NCAA is going to move forward with that one time transfer and be able to play kind of waiver no matter what. Cause obviously in years past, it had to be like, I'm going for a family or somebody's sick or, uh, you know, whatever the case, I need to be closer to home. You know, that's all going away. Um, and I don't know if it's for the better. And I think people are always afraid to really like say that, especially in the moment, especially right now, everyone, nobody wants to be on like the wrong side of history of anything with like being woke and cancel yeah. culture and all that stuff. So nobody wants to say like, Hey, could we just pause? Could we look like, let's look at maybe college baseball, how they do it or college football, yeah. even college football doesn't even have this many transfers. Like, I know. like not even close. Not. Like, and the thing is, I think this could have been corrected or I think it, and I want to say it's out of control, whatever it is. I don't think we would be at this point if the waivers hadn't gotten out of control and like there weren't the double standards set from the waivers that there should have been. Because yeah. the point of the waivers is, okay, like, yeah, if your coach leaves, then you should be, I think you should be able to leave. Yeah. If you, like, if you have a family member that you're actually close with that is sick or dying and you want to be closer to your family, that's something you're a waiver. But I think what happened is they started their, like, not loopholes, but they were giving waivers to people that, like. It was like playing the lottery. It was really, and things that made sense and things that didn't. And I mean, and people were manipulating that and they let it get out of control. And now it, it, that turns, okay, well, we'll let everyone go. But like, I think the guy, and this is, I mean, I've been someone that said the same thing. Like if, if coaches can come and go, then like players yeah. should too. But also I do think that the, having some set of standards and guidelines protects the student athletes, like actually like for it, because yeah. and it also, it guys also protects three, the team. It protects yes. the actual like, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not ready to say integrity because integrity is not really involved in college basketball for the most part. But does it protect the product, the entertainment, dude? Half the timeline, you know, half the NBA people that I follow when they like sometimes watch college, they make fun of it constantly. Like it isn't that great of a product, and this year no. certainly has not been all that good. Um, now I'm not. Now is that because of transfers? Of course not, but. Is it a byproduct? One of them, probably. I think. I think this is the. I think that the biggest thing it changes. I think that a team, a potential team. I think a lower tier, mid major team. A team can be gutted by it. Oh. Like, I mean, can absolutely be gutted. But I also think if anyone it serves anyone the best, I think it's the high the high major coaches um, that maybe need that you can you can spin a quicker rebuild if you are a better recruiter if you are if you want because i could yeah i could i could let my whole team walk and i could pick up five six grad transfers or or just transfers and play right away and i can turn it around now they're only going to be there a year or two so you have to like keep doing that but like there are guys that that works for i mean look at like what chris beard has done with all the transfers that they brought in i mean 
left and right. You get those type of guys. Look what, um, I mean, honestly, I don't know if he'll be able to do it Wake Forest, but like Steve Forbes just killed it with Juco guys and like a lot of turnover. Okay. Wake Forest. Now is he going, are they going to let him take guys like let transfers left and right and overhaul because they've been pretty, they were pretty poor this year, really young. I mean, they were playing with the, the point guard that was supposed to be a senior in high school. So it does help those teams. I worry for a team like fingers crossed that like Jason Preston doesn't leave Ohio. I, I think we've talked about this. I think he probably might test the draft waters. I can't see. And there's no benefit for me seeing like Jason Preston going to like um, Illinois. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he's really going to boost his draft stock that much, but can you imagine though, in these scenarios, if like a, Ohio just goes on this run, they win the Mac tournament, they've got, they're supposed to have everyone back. Jason Preston, Ben Vanderplas, Dwight Wilson, all leave. And then you literally go from like a project to have everyone back to then you're a bottom tier team in the, in a, a mid-major conference. Yeah. And that's where if, it gets. if that happens, if I'm an AD, I'm extending my coach. Yeah. No one would do that. No AD would no. do that. But if, if that happened, Jeff Bowles, he deserves two more years. He just, because got- the thing is they can't, they can't rebuild with those transfers like the high majors can, exactly. you know? If the high majors lose top kids, they can replace them with other high major talent or good, good mid-major players like that. If Ohio loses their three best players, they're either replacing them with high major, I want to say rejects for lack of a better word, like guys that just didn't make it want to drop down a level or like low major guys that like it's much more of a risk. Yeah. So it, it definitely hurts. Not that I don't think like Cinderella's are going away by any means. Like you're still going to get these teams. You're still going to get upsets. That's why I think luck will hold true, especially in the tournament setting we've seen. The problem is I don't think you're going to see sustained um, mid-major rosters. Like yeah. even Toledo, Toledo, the Mac player of the year is transferring. He like, and they so, didn't, they were the number one seed in the tournament. They're number one seed in the Mac or number two seed in the Mac and average 18 a game like the past couple of years they have plenty of talent to make a run next year but for him it's okay rather than me staying around I, we haven't done it yet rather than me staying around and trying to make that run i'm gonna go to who knows where michigan high like anywhere someone that needs a point guard right away for one year yeah, yeah. mercenaries they're just they're mercenaries who uh who gets carolina man that's that's the real question. <laughs> We've said Herbert Davis. People have said Wes Miller. Uh, the thing I've all I've thought Hubert because it's like and 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 if people have been on here. It's like why would he leave television if he didn't like if he wasn't promised like hey this is like the route to take to get this. Wes Miller is a hell of a coach. Do you get that right from UNCG? Like he's in the program. Like is it a combination of both? Like, is it like, I, I think if I'm a UNC fan, I honestly, like if, if you are going to hire Wes Miller and you keep some stuff, like I'm not mad at it. I wouldn't be mad. Like, but you really have your, I think you, UNC of any job in the country, even more so than, pick, even more so than Duke, because I think Duke, it has to be, I think if an out, I think an out, not an out, no one would turn down Duke, but it's like, it's even has to be like a, a K guy or UNC has your pick of anyone in the country, Whoever you anyone want. in the world, really, any, any, any coach, like you can and name on be, one it hand. It could be somebody crazy though. It could be somebody crazy, like a Porter Moser or like, I forget Brad Stevens, 
Forget the big name. That would be hilarious if Brad Stevens. Uh, it would be, but God, I would hate that dude. He would do so well. Oh God, please don't do that, Brad. But um, it could it could be somebody that we're not really thinking about, or just somebody like not necessarily like off the beaten path, but I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I I don't think it's gonna be a name that we're all saying right now. That's what I'm going to say. I have no idea who it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be a name that we're all saying. The thing with Steve, the thing is the only reason why I think there is like somewhat of a chance of Brad Stevens at UNC more than Indiana is because UNC can't afford to wait. They can huh. take as long as they need. It's not like they have this incredible team coming back and they've got to solidify like whatever it's they're UNC. They're always going to be UNC. They could wait until they're like, let's, let's see how the rest of the hiring cycle shakes out. Because yep. and let's then not have our pick of, of of whatever it is. Like honestly, like even if I, I truly believe that I mean this is maybe a bad example. Like if they decided tomorrow they wanted to throw the world at Chris Beard, Chris Beard could could go literally right to UNC if they if that's what they want decide they wanted to do. It's the it's a top two job, top three, like it's and it's really like one A, one B, I think. And uh I mean there's multiple NBA guys. There's Billy Donovan's been thrown out there. Like yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, because they have everyone as an option, I don't think it's going to be the short list that we've all been saying. That's my thing. Um, but either way, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to Lon Kruger, another somewhat surprising random retirement. Um, had a hell of a run at Oklahoma, dude. Like Oklahoma, not just Oklahoma. Well, I mean, yeah, for his everywhere. whole career. But, I think yeah. he's one of all. He's the I think one of like was it two coaches to take like five different teams to the NCAA tournament. Something's crazy like that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, he's been coaching for like thirty-five years. I mean, the dude. The last ten years, though, man, he did an unbelievable job. I forgot that he went to the Final Four in uh, twenty sixteen. He did. I forget about it because I think it was the worst loss in like tournament history or like Final Four history. They got they that lost was like Trey Young, years. wasn't it? No, it was Buddy no. Heald. Buddy, that's right. Buddy Heald. Yo, he would, yeah, he went off that tournament. Uh, yeah, so he had two final fours, 1994 and 2016, 22 years apart. Insane. One uh, Big no. Ten regular season title, two Mountain West Conference tournament titles. The guy's been a head coach. He was at Texas Pan American in 1982. The only time, and he was with the Hawks from 2003 and the Knicks. So, Basically, in all those seasons from, let's say, 82 to 2000, when he was at Illinois, so it's 18 years, plus 04 to 21. Another, so basically, what, 35 years of college coaching. The only thing is, we're, I mean, he had two SEC Coach of the Year, a Mountain West Coach of the Year, a Big 12 Coach of the Year. Um, 
It's a little wild though. He only won, he won one big 10 regular season and two mountain West tournaments in 07 and 08 at UNLV. Yeah, that is kind of wild. And his but son- now he's going, his son's got UNLV. He's yeah. going to go there. He's going to be around the program. He doesn't have yeah. to have the stresses of it, but he can, uh-huh. it's kind of ideal to be honest. Yeah, it isn't bad. Uh, does Paul Mills at Oral Roberts get it? I thought they, I think they just extended him. I thought, I mean, I'm not saying that that, um, not saying that that like knocks him out, but I thought you, I'm pretty sure like within the last hour or two that they, yeah, there you go. Gets long-term deal two hours ago. We'll stay at Oral uh, Roberts. Now we've seen uh, that plenty of times before. Yeah. But, you can go get the North Texas guy, uh, McCaslin. Yeah. McCaslin. I mean, Grant McCaslin. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of guys. I think it'd be good. Honestly, if I'm, well, I don't, if I'm Oklahoma, I don't do this. If I am this coach, I do this. If I am Mark Turgeon, I pull a shock of smart. I get out of Maryland and I go hard after Oklahoma. I saw, I saw his name on there too. And I was like, yeah, it probably makes sense. Like the best coaches always leave before the door gets slammed on them. Uh, and we're going to transition perfectly to Shaka. Let's, I mean, look, I'm, I am, I'm the biggest Shaka guy, dude. He uh, was unbelievable to me on the road recruiting. He was just the coolest dude really? I've ever been around. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, he was awesome. I sat with him for like three games, had no, obviously had no clue who I was. And we sat there and we just talked about the kids that were playing. It was unbelievable. Um, so he's awesome. I'm a big shock. Was he personable, intellectual? What did, what is your oh, takeaway from the most, the most personable sat down and had a, the biggest event. What's the biggest thing you can get at Starbucks? Venti. Had a venti and goes, I just got off a red eye from Vegas. It was July and we, I was in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I just got off a red eye from Vegas and he turns and goes, I'm coach smart. Um, blah, blah, blah. We said, hi. And he goes, so what are you seeing? And then just proceeded to, he was probably just trying to get some intel, but like, I'm a nobody. I'm still a nobody. And this dude was just like, yeah, what do you see? Like, what are you watching? I literally made the joke before I said, coach, I don't know if you saw my, uh, my polo, but we're not recruiting the same kid, you know, like, so I'm not going to help you. And he was just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just tell me what you're saying. I was like, all right. Uh, But he's awesome, dude. But anyway, back to the point, you know, no tournament, no NCAA wins. Um, This year was certainly a shock. Nobody saw that coming. I had Texas in my sweet 16, Um, but gets out at the right time. Right. I'm not saying the dude's getting fired this year. I'm not saying he's even getting fired next year. But, man, does that seat get a lot hotter after losing in the first round. Seven yeah. years now, six or seven years, no tournament wins. Yeah. This year did feel, though, for the first time, I feel like, that, like, oh, shit, like, he did it. Like, he turned Texas around. It did feel yeah. that way. It was a bad ending, though. Yep. I mean, it's, it, it sucks. I, I, I think I, – I don't think I – we didn't say this on the pod. Uh, maybe, maybe I did. Um, does like – I was like, does winning the Big Ten – even though it was their first Big 12 tournament championship, does losing in the first round to a team from your state um, negate that? And I think it kind of did. Like any good faith that he bought, any extra window, I think was negated by that. And it's one of those things where it's like you can't extend him necessarily like it's because you're gonna upset people you can't like fire him because it's like you're literally like it, it just doesn't make sense so it's almost one of those hey it's probably best if we just kind of go our own route and and i think honestly marquette might just probably be a better fit for him he can build there's lower and i say there's low there's still high expectations from the marquette fan base but wojo has clearly lowered those expectations because yeah. they really haven't done anything recently yeah. um 
the one thing that's a little wild to me is, and this is what's it's crazy. If you look at, so at VCU, they won the CBI and then the next year they went to the final four. Um, now they made the tournament every, his next three years after that. They only had, we had one win. His first year at Texas, they make the tournament, no wins. They miss the tournament. They go 11 and 22 his second year, really bad. But then they make the tournament and then they miss the tournament, but they win the NIT. And it's almost was it actually it's ironic because I, I don't I don't even know if people realize that Memphis won the NIT this week. And like I feel like it's a complete it was like completely brushed over you that Penny Hardaway. Under the radar. And that's one of those things, not saying by any means that like Penny Hardaway is gonna get like fired or anything like this, but it's one of those like such a big hire, such a big name coming in, underperformed so far with the recruits they've had. And obviously wise minutes sucked. They win the NIT, but if in two years from now, Penny Hardaway doesn't have any tournament wins and they have this and they have an NIT, it's like one of the same things. It's like that literally does nothing for you. It really does nothing. nothing. So I think that's just a weird, like, I don't know if it's a weird, like a coincidence or just a weird parallel. I can see, very much see like if Memphis does not do well, it will be what year five or year six from Penny. Now you've got Josh Pastner who left or Georgia Tech like winning going in the tournament yep. making more tournaments before um before uh memphis does there's just a weird weird thing i can and he it's a little bit different there because shaka to texas was already a kind of not a weird fit but it wasn't like the perfect match i thought to begin Mark with Marquette for some reason just feels better it I, does you know like it's almost just like Marquette's kind of similar to vcu they're just like that like tough gritty that's what it feels that's what Marquette basketball feels like yeah. too and Shaka didn't run havoc at Texas like he did at no. VCU. And that was the thing I remember being excited, like, oh my gosh, can you imagine he's gonna get all the top athletes from Texas and they're gonna run an even crazier version of Havoc? No, yeah. but he was still a great defensive coach. I mean, they've been good. It's just one of those, it's like Marquette's now a basketball school. He can build a basketball culture, he can like get these kids, whatever it is. And I don't know. I, I think it's, I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's not a, you know, he's a Midwest guy, but I mean, he went to, he went to Kenyon, he coached at Akron. I think it's probably a little bit more of a fit, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, well, I'm excited to see him there. Yeah. I'm excited to see him in the big East. I think, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, let's talk about his replacement. Cause that was quick. Our boy, uh, Chris Beard. I mean, I wait, I don't know if you have it pulled up. Um, you should pull it up, but the, the audio of the AD at Texas Tech and play it because yeah. honestly, I like it. I wish there was more honesty in these press conferences um, instead of the, you know, whatever, pick an adjective, the tomfoolery, the, the, the straight lying that goes on of why you left, why you took a job, why, you know, listen, I get it. I get it. You got to do it. Uh, but man, I, I respected what he said. I liked it. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me pull this up because it's actually really funny. I just pulled an article and I was going to say before, I, as I pull this up, would you consider Chris Beard a top 10 coach in college basketball right now? Right now. Top 10. No. They, ESPN has an article this year. They called, they called the hiring in 2016, the ninth best hire of the last, um, said so ranking the 25 best hires by John Gasway on April 30th, 2020, ranking the 25 best college basketball coaching hires of the past 25 years. And number one was Roy Williams. Number two was Jay Wright. 
Number three was Izzo. Four, Bill Self. Calipari, five. Um, wow, Calipari, I believe it. Tony Bennett, six. Mark Few, seven. Leonard Hamilton, eight, which I thought was interesting. Chris Love Beard, that. nine. And Bob Huggins, ten. Um, Bob Huggins to West Virginia was which one are they at, talking at about? At ten. Bob Huggins, West Virginia, ten. And then you've got like Greg Marshall, Scott Drew, Sean Miller, Mike Bray. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I, I Leonard Hamilton is a little high. I would put Huggins over Leonard Hamilton, but, um, but yeah, being basically saying before hiring beard, Texas tech, um, had never appeared in an elite eight with, uh, with beard, the red Raiders played in the regional finals in both 2018 and 2019 famously coming within uh seconds of national title. Now his teams have been as competitive as anybody. So I think it's an awesome hire. It's it's there's definitely some bad blood though at Texas Tech because I'll play this from um, this is uh, Kirby Hokut the AD um, and it says I was asked if he was frustrated at at all with how things ended with Chris Beard. We're going, we're going to fight to use a term that Coach Beard uses every day. You get in the fight. We've been in the fight for five years and the fight's not over. And you have somebody that then walks away to to go to an in-conference school, an in-state school, absolutely that frustrates you. Heck yeah, it does. If, if we're honest and loyal and sincere about talking about getting in the fight, and you're in the fight every day, yeah, frustration would be a, a kind word to, to summarize it. A kind word. So yeah, I mean, look, like, he didn't really say much, but at least he expressed some frustration. I get it, yeah. The thing that is interesting, and I feel like this is the theme of this podcast, once again, it goes back to expectations. It's yeah. like, if I'm Texas Tech, I make the national championship. I make multiple elite eights. I make I, a term program. It's, it's, do you expect Chris Beard to be there for the rest of his career? You are overachieving by like a thousand percent. And I grant, I grant it's, that's precedence. That's like historical precedence. And like, obviously you have to come from like, some, like, I don't think anyone ever expected if you had looked at Virginia in like if you you could say the exact same thing about Virginia in like the Gill and Lato era. It's like Virginia, you should just be happy to be in the tournament. And like it took Tony Bennett and took that to then change those expectations. Yeah. But at the same time, like I mean, we'll we'll get to this in a second too. Like there's I I'm Virginia, there's a there's potential that Virginia is not even an after winning even a national championship is even an in destination job for Tony Bennett after winning a national title. So Texas Tech, where you're probably, I mean, you think of all the schools in Texas that are ahead of them, especially the school that's his alma mater is the most resources of anybody. I can't fault him for taking the job by any means. Well, I, I, I think I said it to you before we started recording. It's, it's almost a similar feel to the Nets and the Knicks, like the Nets having more success than the Knicks in recent years and that coach leaving to go to the Knicks anyway. Because yeah. the Knicks are the show. Texas is still the show. Even though you're having more success than they are in the past five, six years. Like, it's it's just the brand, man. Like, even though Texas football hasn't been where they want to be for, damn, like a decade? I mean, when did Vince Young win? 09? Like, it's been a long time. So Before 09, way before. I, I, was 07, just, I, was, I don't even remember. I think it was 07. Six. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time since Texas football has been like the the king of college football, and uh, that's how I view it. It's just one of those things. It's like it's always going to be the brand in Texas. To I mean, me. it really, yeah. I mean, it, it's 
It's one of the, and look at Baylor. Like Baylor, once again, this is, I think, a great parallel. Baylor right now is in the Final Four. Chris or Scott Drew has been there, what do we say, 17 years, has taken the program from the absolute depths of literally the depths of hell and to uh, the Final Four. If, if, if Scott Drew um, wins a national championship, literally, if they upset an undefeated Gonzaga team oh. and North Carolina makes that call on Tuesday morning, Scott Drew is leaving. Literally, he'll be he'll he will hop on. The, I don't care how much money the uh, Magnolia people. What's the how, uh, what's the show on TLC? You know, everyone the, the kid, they're all out of Waco. I can't even think. Oh my gosh, this is gonna kill me. Yeah, they're all that. I mean, I've been to Waco, and it's the one thing. Oh my gosh, Waco Magnolia. Is a- it, it's now we're just uh, now we've gone off a um, now we've gone off a tangent. I don't care how much money is literally there or anything is like he will literally leave chip and joanna Gaines. that's what i'm talking about the people uh they're the big yeah we've gone down a route they've got all this stuff in waco it's a big thing if they poured every single dollar they had to scott drew they couldn't keep him there no even after and you could keep a national title you have all the money in the world and now scott he, he that, that dude may stay but he shouldn't for Carolina, like he shouldn't be gone. But anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the timing is tough. You know, what is it? This was year six for Beard. Believe so. And I mean, the 2016, dude, 2016, he got hired. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah, year five. Is, yeah. So I mean, the dude's rolling. Like he's got Texas Tech rolling. They've been fantastic. You know, I, I, I guess. I guess Texas isn't, you know, the, the cupboard isn't bare, but who knows now? Who knows how many uh, kids will announce that they're transferring? I don't know. Um, I mean, Paul, he went to Texas. He was a GA at Texas. It's the it. best school. It's, it's, and that's why, I mean, like, I get, I get the AD. He's trying to like fire up the, I mean, because yeah. I'm sure their fans are pissed. Like, that he's going in conference. There's a reason his buyout doubled. And now, ironically, it, it does make sense. Everyone was talking. I guess it was supposed to be three million dollars. It was doubled for a Big Twelve team to six million. Apparently, it dropped to four million on April first, which obviously makes sense with the timing here today of why it was announced. But it, I get it. You have to like, you have to say, I got your back. Like, as you're an AD, as your fans. But how in the world could you ever expect this man to turn that down if the money's right? It's his alma mater. It, I don't care if Paul, if you're the head coach at say, um, say you're the head coach at Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, Mac West school that historically has not been great, but you turn them every year, you get them to the Mac championship, you get them the tournament, you get a, you get a, you get a sweet 16 at Eastern Michigan, Illinois, but then Ohio calls where all of your fondest memories are, where you met your wife, where you met all of your friends and they call and you step in an interview and you look at the banners in the combo oh. that you're part of. And they say, hey, you know what? I know you're making really good money at here. We'll also get you even more. Come out here, whatever it is. And we have all the resources. Like we're the state school. We're, I don't care what level. That, that It plays. And even Absolutely. if it's Texas, if it's, a, and it's the alma mater factor, I, I don't blame him at all. I love the hire for Texas. I think he's a great coach. There's, um, there's only two games that I have circled on my calendar for next year. That's Duke versus Gonzaga in November. And then whenever Beard visits Texas Tech. Oh, my God. Because, that's gonna be ooh, the signs that all those students are going to have is going to be electric. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, and to be fair, I, I will be fair to him because 
he was at Texas. He was associate head coach at Texas tech for like 10 years. So it's kind of home as well, but like, yeah. I mean, he was a, he was basically at Texas. What do you say for four, 91, 95. I mean, Texas, he's a Texas dude. He is. I mean, I, I get it. So it, it's, it's, it's hard to turn that down. Just like if you're, I mean, multiple coaches, you could say all these, if you're the head coach, if, if you're a great coach at like Wake Forest or in, in and UNC calls. Yeah, like, you're like, out. Duke calls. You're out. Like, so All right, speaking- what does Texas Tech? I mean, once we said does Texas Tech is they go after one of these mid-major guys, they try and keep one of maybe his assistants. Porter, maybe a Moser. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting. Hire. Seems like Porter Moser now, and it's like because he no Marquette, no Indiana. I know, and that's for a transition to Indiana. But it's like, is he going to get left out again of this cycle, or is he going to find? He's leaving know. himself out at this point. I don't know. He needs yeah. to take something. Unless but Indiana's the one that's I think surprised me more than anybody. Okay, no, yeah. Before you even do it, one word that you can one word to sum up the Indiana hire of Mike Woodson, and then we'll get into it. But what's your one word? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have a word? Yeah, perplexed. Perplexed. I would say the best you- word is. Um. Oh, it's got to be one word. Um, I mean, to buy out, to spend $10 million to hire an NBA guy is very confusing. I, I think my word is why. My word is just why. It's, it's why. And look, it's it's, it's, it's like one of, the, one of the talking heads said the other day, Juwan Howard is the exception. Like that, that he is not the rule. Like this is not how it always goes, man. Like, he, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. And well, John, I'm not saying that Mike Woodson can't coach. I say he's a great uh-huh. coach. He's a great basketball mind, everything. We, we knew that. Yeah. Jawan Howard, this is the difference is what I don't see. Jawan Howard is obviously showing he's a good coach right now. He's got beeline. The cupboard is not bare. Beeline left a lot for him. But then he also, they have the number one recruiting class in the country coming in next year. They almost had like Josh Christ for this year they, because he is a young, energetic dude. These guys like want to play for yep. Not No knock on Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson's like an older dude. It's not like what what you said, the exception. You see these guys, Chris Mullen. You see guys like, um, oh, my gosh, Isaiah Thomas. All, all these old Gary Stackhouse. Guys, Stackhouse, like Stackhouse, like, but most of them, they're not getting out and recruiting. Like Mullen, literally, we've heard stories of Mullen being on like, like kids would be there on official visits and he wasn't even on campus. He would like zoom in. And it's like that's not saying that Mike Woodson's going to do that. He's an Indiana. I think that's they wanted to appease. They cared more about appeasing the Indiana fans with an Indiana person rather than maybe finding someone that is too similar to Archie in like a Porter Moser or some of that, but in trying that. Um, Now I I think the Thad Mata hire is good. Like, I think that like, but but why not just what, I mean, save $10 million. The best, the best tweet I saw about it is like, they literally could have brought Thad in that exact same role with Archie. It would not have been weird. I don't think because like, yeah, it's a, it's a, you're, you're kind of hurting Archie's ego a bit there because you're, but it's more, but it's, that's his, like, he's one of his protege. He's in from that tree. You could have done the exact same thing with Archie. And I truly think you might be in like a better, now the, the fan base night might not be, uh, you're not calming the fan base, but you're saving $10 million and you're probably in a better spot than, Now, because I think, I mean, look what Archie, Archie recruited well. I mean, they just, Trace Jackson Davis, obviously Romeo Langford, all these, like they, they brought in good players. 
but they, I, it's, it's weird to me. Cause I, I just don't, he has to have like an unbelievable staff to, yeah. uh, to, yeah. to do that. And I think they did, they kept one of the assistants because I know Parker Stewart is actually going to stay there now. Um, yeah. I think a one part was because of one of the assistants that was kept. Um, but man, that's, uh, it, it was really odd. It's not that's Mike a, Woodson's a, the last NBA guy that I was expecting to make the jump into college. Literally zero college. He's been an NBA yeah. guy forever. That's one of those ones that you say, good luck. Best of luck to you. All right. Well, let's actually talk and then, um, yeah, we'll wrap up with the actual basketball of the week. Uh, of the final four, I only had two. I think you only had two, right? Gonzaga and Baylor, your last I two. Gonzaga and Baylor, yep. Yeah, we both had that. Um, I had Illinois instead of Houston, and then I had Florida State instead of UCLA. Man, does Mick Cronin deserve all the credit. Not, not, I mean the players. I don't mean it like that. I just mean, wow, holy shit. Like, no, I didn't, nobody saw that coming. I had Michigan State beating them. Like, what the hell? Nobody saw that. Man, I give Mick a lot of credit. Honestly, and I'm not a huge Mick Cronin fan, but I, which, I guess, who do they beat before uh, – who did they beat in the Sweet 16? Who do you see? Oh, Christian? Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. They beat um, Michigan State. I don't know. I have to look at the bracket. It's great podcasting on our end. But, um, but this they beat before, right before Michigan. Oh, I, they, I remember just, I remember saying to Cobb, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, they beat uh, was Oregon State. They beat Alabama. Yeah. And that was one of those things. And I was like, ah, I would like to, I think NATO kind of deserves it. They're a better team. I think they've had a better season. I was like, but, there's something like kind of like funny to me that I enjoy watching Mick Cronin coach UCLA because it's just a weird, like it's I would weird. never, ever expect it. And I was like, I kind of just sit there. I laugh. I legit like when they beat Michigan, I just sat there. I was like, I, I wanted Michigan to win. I like this. I like their players. I was, I was just laughing because I'm like, I'll watch this like every day. Now I was as quick to bet on Gonzaga as soon as a line opened and that game ended. Yeah. Um, it opened at 13 and a half within 15 minutes, jumped up to 15 and a half. Now I think Gonzaga will roll them. I don't think there's oh. anyone on UCLA that can defend Drew Timmy. Drew um, Timmy is my but, favorite player. I mean, dude, the thing, this <laughs> shit with his, is the, I, the, the mustache stuff that he does is the funniest shit in the world. I would just like, and maybe honestly, I, we, we, we need to get him, uh, on pots of time, obviously against him, especially, figure out where he ends up. But um, Coach Wu, and we had probably one of the first ever guests on the podcast. Yeah. I've, never, I've never been more proud to have, like, say, been in on a player before, like, the general public. Because this it's dude – been for years. I mean, I – because I – and I – it's because – this is what's so crazy about this. I never would have, like – I mean, he would have stood out to me. I remember, like, thinking – but he I think was it's only because team. you're the poor man's version and pickup of Drew I mean, that's all I wish I could have been. But, like <laughs> – I mean, really, but that the the crazy thing about this, and he was on a team, and and this this shows like I think when guy when you realize like guys, these coaches that really have like an eye for it. At the time, I think Drew Timmy only had like three or four offers. Now he had good offer, like Boston College offer him. And I remember sitting there with Will, and he and he was like, "Yeah, this Timmy kid, he goes, I, I I would do anything to grab to get this kid, whatever it is. Like we have no shot at him." I'm like. I'm like he's not even like the best player on the floor like even close to the best player on the floor it looks like he was like watch he goes look at his footwork look at his feel look at his presence he goes every every school is going to catch on to this he was paul he was playing i don't know if i sent you this the team he was playing on and the aau when we watched him it was, it was the person the first weekend it was there he, they, they played with him it was 
Um, Tyrese Maxey, um, who a lottery pick, um, he ended up switching teams right after that. It was um, Samuel Williamson that went to uh, Louisville. It was Jameis Ramsey, uh, Jameis Ramsey that went to Texas Tech. Cade Cunningham as a junior was on that floor too. The coaches were Jermaine O'Neal and Mo Williams. The attention was far from on Drew, on Drew Timmy. But I just remember from, from, from the jump being like, this dude is so good. And he's just absolutely balling out of his mind. I think he could go for like, yeah, he said 28 and 12 against UCLA. No one's going to stop him. Um, Gonzaga, I mean, I, I mean, I'm interested to hear your, your take. Oh, and then after that, like I said, Wu was right. They had four offers. I'm pretty sure we looked, I looked at his 24 seven and it was like, he got like 24 offers that summer, like right after UIB. Once he like showed everyone how good he was. One, was just yeah, like, one like weekend that. is all it takes. And, uh, but I'm curious your standpoint, like Gonzaga, do you think they one? I don't think UCLA is a problem, but do you think they get it done against either Baylor or Houston? And we can uh, yeah. transition. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. You think there's any chance that right now? I think uh-huh. they said if they if it was a Gonzaga Baylor, the line would open at like Gonzaga minus six, which I, is, I have a hard time it's, it's thinking. It's been a foregone conclusion for six weeks. I know. Or, or six months, which however Honestly. far back you want to go. I don't think it's going to be close. Well, with Baylor, I think it'll be close. But no, dude, Gonzaga, no. I, here's what I, I don't even, I, I don't even really care about the basketball part of these games. Like they've been good, but to be honest with you, the 10 p.m. games, I've fallen asleep in the second half like every single time. I just don't make it. So whatever. But Kelvin Sampson. This is how far we've come in college basketball. Oh, my gosh. This dude got fired in 2008, I think, for illegal text messages and phone calls to recruits. Yep. Meanwhile, we have current Division One head coaches that have recordings in the FBI's office of improper – you want to talk about improper benefits, and they still coach. And the NCAA tried to get a five-year show clause against Samson, which I don't think they actually ended up getting because he got a job. No, I think he did. They did because I remember reading like he's one of the only – For calls and text messages. Meanwhile, we all knew that bags were being dropped back in 08. They're definitely being dropped right now, and we don't seem to give a shit. It's just – I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. He how got the five-year show cause because then he went to uh, he went to the NBA and then came back. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and said he, he was when he was hired at Houston, became only the fourth coach to get a head coaching job in another school after receiving a show cause. It was both. Bro, I just remember. Bruce Pearl. I just remember his image being like, oh my gosh, it was like so the worst. Bad. The worst. So bad. It was embarrassment and to Indiana, and oh my. He didn't gosh, do yeah. anything. <laughs> he, like, it was. And apparently there are, I, I was listening to Jeff Goodman recently saying that like, I guess there was some stuff behind the scenes that like was worse than it really was like sure. actually was, but like, no, that's sure. out there. But you, I mean, really it's, it's, he said more 550 per impermissible calls made by Samson. Um, that was, okay. that was at Oklahoma. He was on a three-year investigation at the end of the investigation, 550 impermissible calls um, instantly barred him from recruiting off campus and making phone calls for a year prior to this is what's interesting to me it was like he was the president of nabc so for the national association of basketball coaches and they're basically like while he was the president they had to make like an ethics committee talking about all these different things and that at that same ethics committee before it would then later reprimand him and put him on probation for three years 
and allow, allow him to be coach of the year or anything. And then he, that was all before then he got fired. Then he goes to Indiana and basically and this has participated in approximately 10 conference calls with the recruits that violate the terms of the sanctions levied against them. And Senderoff is the coach at Kent State as well. 35 impermissible benefits. So they found that and they, and so that's the only thing that's a little wild. It's like you did, you got caught doing like 550 and then it's like, you literally get all the things coming against you. And then you did it again is like, yeah, wild. Uh, but listen, compared saying, to what, compared to the will, the will Wade yes. and the everyone get away. It's, it's nuts. Look at, look at the last five years for Arizona compared to what this guy got absolutely chastised and ran out of the business for You're right. compared yeah. to now. You're right. It's pretty and wild. It's I mean, it, and it's pretty great. You look at his rise at Houston they went 13 and 19 his first year. Uh, obviously, no tournament. 22 and 10 his second year. In, they made it to the NIT. 21 and 11 NIT. Then 27 yeah. and 18. They went 27 and 8. They won their first round game. Um, they were second in the conference. They won their, they made it to the round of 32. And then they went 30 in 2018 19. They went 33 and 4. First in a sweet 16. Last year, they were 23 and 8. No tournament. This year, 28 and 3. And a final four. So like just that That's how you steady do it. rise. Steady, and he steady. could have had two more. I mean, a 22 win season NIT and a 21 win season NIT. That's tough. He's yeah. on the he's on the, the AAC. Yeah, and, and he never he finished. That's this is I think the best. And now obviously the AAC is not the ACC or the SEC or anything like that. His first year there, he finished 10th in the conference. He finished then tied for third, third, second, first, tied for first, second. Never finished lower than third at, after his first year. That's how it goes. Very very impressive. Um, um, all right, well, let's wrap up. Baylor, I mean, Baylor, I was, that was something I was going to say. Was Baylor is, I mean, Baylor, I think, is the second best team. I, yeah. I just, 100%. 100%. I don't, I, they, now, granted, like, we haven't seen Gonzaga, like, play off. Or, like, it seems like Gonzaga, even when they don't play well, they still are rolling teams. Like, last, the other day, um, Kispert didn't even do anything in the first half. They're up, like, 20. That's um, why I so think I, this is a foregone conclusion. But I do think like it, they would have to play just an absolutely awful game. And Baylor, Baylor has dudes like Baylor has really yeah. good players and they have a team that is on a bad Gonzaga night. They can beat them. Do yeah. I think that's going to happen? Would I put any money against that? No, I just don't. I think that hopefully Gonzaga, I think hopefully Gonzaga wins because they, the credit Mark few deserves the Tyler. And it's not a, and no one can say this is a fluke title or fluke pandemic because they've played just as tough a schedule as probably anybody in the country too um yeah. now grand their non-conference they don't really play too many teams but if you look at the teams they played like early in the season and we talk about i mean kansas west virginia virginia iowa they were supposed to play baylor i mean it's a true right, here's, here's like, my, impressive here's my green light hot take to end the episode mark few wins a national championship six six days go by and he accepts North Carolina. No way. And he no takes way. he takes a ten year deal, and that's zero it. chance. That man's I can't ever see him leaving like the Pacific Northwest. I just feel like he's just oh my gosh, he's not he's not chopping it up with you know, got all these boosters on Chapel Hill that want to be wined and dined. And no way. That's my green light hot take. That's your green light hot take. Oh my gosh. We both I, have I mean, Gonzaga winning, though. Correct. What's that? We both have Gonzaga winning, though, correct? Oh, easy. Yeah. All I right. mean, I think, yeah. And I hope, I just hope that, yeah, they get, they sh they deserve, if they do win, and which I think they will, I and I think they deserve all the all the credit and praise if, as if it was a normal year 
yeah. as if it was a normal conference. I think going undefeated and winning the way they did is now, would they do it in the ACC? Would they do it in the Big 12? I'm not saying that, but they played a tough schedule. They played, now their non their conference wasn't as great, but it is an unbelievable feat to even be 30 and 0 at this point. So they have three kids in the Kim Palm top 10, like for player of the year Timmy, Suggs, and Corey Kispert. Yeah. Nuts. Maybe All right, we'll end, we'll end episode 75 with Mark Hughes, the head coach of North Carolina, after winning the 2021 National Championship. Timmy time. Timmy time. All right, deuce. <laughs> Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney in the love, so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.